Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm a yoga teacher with over 15 years of experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is to help yoga teachers transform their teaching by mastering the fundamentals of anatomy. By learning anatomy in my easy step-by-step way, you'll be able to confidently share it in your cues, easily create sequences, and you'll eagerly answer student questions. And all along the way, you'll increase your impact and earning potential. On the podcast here, you will hear anatomy lessons, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. Once you listen to today's episode, go ahead and visit barebonesyoga.com, my website, for free resource guides for teachers. Download any and all that are there, including one of my most popular tools, my sequence building template. And if you'd like, send me a one-line email with the answer to this question. What's your biggest frustration right now as a yoga teacher? And I'm happy to do some brainstorming with you in a free coaching session. My email address is karen at barebonesyoga.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. Let's get to today's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I am your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 186. So I'm recording this episode on Friday, the Friday before Memorial Day weekend, uh, 2022. So it's May 27th, 2022. And this will post on Monday. Uh, I think my colleague and podcast producer will be able to do that. So it'll go live on the 30th of May. And I, I am inspired to do this podcast today because, and not wait until Monday to record it because I'm full of feeling, I'm full of emotion, I'm full of thoughts. Um, I would definitely say if you're listening to this and there are children around, you probably don't want them to hear this. I might get passionate and use uh, some expletives and I might refer to some things that maybe you don't want your children to be aware of um, if you're shielding them from the information. So that's just an FYI. I'm just feeling super pensive, super heavy. And at the same time, I'm feeling like my, my, um, my business is at a crossroads. It's a very weird, um, amalgam of things. And, um, but however, but I'm feeling that this is the, the, this is the content that I want to share with you. And one of the particular topics is directly related to teaching, to anatomy, and to being of service to people. And that has always been a central theme of this, of this show. It's how can we as yoga teachers be of service to others in the, in the context of teaching movement. And so absolutely that will be part of this episode. Um, I'm just going to wrap around that conversation a number of other things because I'm a human being and there are a lot of other things that go on. And sometimes they're just too big to not address in the context of the show, even though they don't have anything directly 
to do with teaching yoga. So of course, I'm talking about the Texas school shooting that happened this week on May 24th. And before you drop off, because you don't want this show to be political or you don't want this show to offend whatever your personal stance is on uh, having a gun or types of guns or the Second Amendment or anything, I'm not even going there <laughs> because, you know, it's just not something that I am well versed in. Um, I'm more just acknowledging just the fucking tragedy that is what happened on Tuesday, the 24th of May. And regardless of you and your position on anything, guns, Second Amendment, politics, you're a person, I'm a person, you maybe have kids, I don't have kids. We all know kids, we all love kids. And no child deserves what those kids got. And for me to do this show this week, next week, really <laughs> for some period of time after now and not acknowledge that that is something that is that has happened and, and the ripple effects that it's having right now is to, to just be completely fucking oblivious and, and completely insensitive and completely up completely self-centered. I mean, when I go on TikTok and Instagram right now, and I see people posting happy things, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you really fucking kidding me right now? And again, by the same token, it's not for me to say what people can post. Some people that I follow don't even live in the United States. They live in a country where they don't have to worry about gun violence. So why would they be doing anything on their on their social media channels other than what they normally do. Uh, and, and even for people that live here in the United States, I'm not the social media police. It's not up to me to say what you can and can't post. I'm just speaking for myself. And it just felt completely inappropriate for me to be doing anything of my normal content after uh, 5.30 p.m. on Tuesday. 5.30 p.m. Eastern when I first found out about this. And in fact, when I saw the headline come up, I was a half an hour away from teaching an online class and I was about ready to cancel it because when I saw the headline, I just turned on the TV to CNN and I thought, oh my fucking God, no. And I thought about canceling my class, but I don't know the people that were signed up I don't know where they live. I don't know if they even knew. So I had the class, but within an hour or so of having the class and seeing the initial reports about what happened, I canceled everything else for this week. So for those of you listening right now who came to the workshop I had before the shooting happened, which was the morning of that day, the morning of Tuesday, uh, maybe you were there. I actually this week for the first time ever had planned on offering you all three chances to come to my monthly free workshop, which was a practice and anatomy-based workshop. But after that first workshop I did on Tuesday, you might've seen if you're on my mailing list, the notice I sent out that I just, I was really just gonna take a pause. It just didn't feel right given the news 
to do anything uh, regarding classes, workshops, energetically talking to you all about the transformation that's available to you as a yoga teacher when you master anatomy, like all of that just paled in comparison to what was going on. So one of the things I had said in the email and one of the things I'll talk about today is what the plans are to regroup on, on those workshops going forward. And if any of you listening were one of the ones that sent me an email saying, hey, this seems like a really good decision. Thanks. And just let me know when these are rescheduled. Um, thank you for that note. And this is the way to find out. And, uh, and I'll be getting to that in, in, in this episode. So that's really the beginning of this conversation on today's episode is, is just to put it out there that this happened. I know you know this happened. I know regardless of where you live in the world, you know this happened. And I know that if you live in the United States like I do, you are like me living with this problem that really you have no control over. <laughs> I mean, as individual citizens, we really have very little control over making changes at the federal level to gun control legislation. We think we do, but unfortunately, it seems like we're being held hostage by lawmakers. And so on some level, that is, you know, the biggest problem with all of this is that as individuals, we seemingly can't have control over our own personal safety in public places. And I am not a parent. However, for the parents out there, they have to grapple with what it feels like to send their children off to school, knowing that the system in place is not built to protect them. So I'm not here on this episode, absolutely not here to discuss this much further. That is definitely not the focus of this podcast. Um, I just wanted to acknowledge that that's happened. If you're listening to this in sort of real time when it goes live, we'll be in still the very early stages of finding out what's happened and the details with that. And the bottom line is, you know, we just all will be keeping these 19 children and two teachers in our hearts and their families forever. We will never forget this day, just like we never forget Sandy Hook, just like we never forget Aurora, just like we never forget all of the many, 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 many shootings that happen here in the United States on a regular basis. So having said that, I want to talk about how we can be of service as yoga teachers to help our students. And this is a general topic. However, I think now it's of even greater relevance because of what happened. And I say that as a teacher who lives in Boston and who taught the day after the Boston Marathon bombing at a time when I thought classes would be canceled. They were canceled on the day of the bombing, but not the next day and the day after and the day after that. 
And we have an opportunity to be of service in a unique way as yoga teachers, different from a therapist, different from a family member, different from a, a, a counselor. We have a very unique position because we deal with movement and movement can be an access point for processing how we feel. Think about yourself. How many times have you climbed onto your yoga mat in moments of pain and anguish and grief and loss and come into that first child's pose and just felt at home? How many times have you had a practice that helped you move through emotions and, and what you're feeling? And at the end of it, even though you didn't feel 100% better, you felt like you had moved through some energy. So we know as practitioners that yoga practice, that the movement of the human body has an effect on our musculoskeletal system, on our endocrine system, on our cardiovascular system, on our nervous system. We know it has an effect on our physical body and on our emotional body. So knowing that, it puts us as teachers in a unique position to be able to offer something of service in times of extreme trauma and sadness and pain and grief. And that is what we are living in right now. And quite frankly, we sort of were living in it before. However, this time in the United States right now things are at such a heightened level that anyone in your classes right now is for sure feeling it on some level, especially if they are a parent. So let's just talk about this from the unique framework of looking at it through the lens of teaching yoga and the movement of the body. And I wanna bring in this topic around the, the narrative that's out there, and I don't mean that in a pejorative way, this, the, the information, and that makes it sound too clinical, the, the things that teachers say that refer to emotions being held in the body. And I'm sure you've heard that. You may even be saying that. You may even be, as a yoga teacher, saying things that refer to holding emotions in the body different poses as a way to release emotions uh, in different body parts. The hips are a, a common place that people refer to. Now, I don't know the science around that. And I say science because, you know, it's sort of like if we say to someone, take this pill, it will help you lose weight. And we don't really have science behind that. Well, then that's somewhat disingenuous, right? I mean, all you have to do is watch Shark Tank and anytime somebody comes on and pitches a product that's got claims attached to it around health, Mark Cuban's always the first one to say, where are the studies that prove it? So I have not seen studies that, that show or clinical data or empirical data that show that emotions are held in the body. You know, I think that's more of a, a conversation that we have in the genre of talking about things in the mind, not in the brain body and mind being an entity that we can explore in a different 
way and maybe assign different feelings and emotions to it. However, what I do know, and I know this in part from my work as a social worker and a rehab counselor, what I do know in my work with people who are depressed, people who are uh, schizophrenic, people who have many different types of mental illness, people who are physically disabled, people, you know, I know, and people who are not on the clinical spectrum with a, with a diagnosis, however, who are going through trauma and grief of some kind related to something. And I know it from, I know that of course, from my personal life, as well as my clinical experience when I worked in the clinical setting, I know, and you know, that when people's when people feel certain emotions, they hold their body in a particular way. You've seen someone who's upset curled over in a ball. They might even be on the floor. You've seen, and I've seen people who are depressed, who are scared, who are afraid, who feel unsafe, who feel traumatized, curled up, hunched forward. So if we look at that just through the lens of human movement, what do we have? We have stillness, we have internal rotation of the shoulders, we have hip flexion, we have spinal flexion. So if we just look at this from the level of, through the lens of anatomy, we have those joint movements that comprise that shape of a human being that goes with a whole series of potential emotions, none of which are, are emotions that people enjoy having. So as yoga teachers, we have an opportunity to coach people, to counsel people in terms of the physical movement into something that's the opposite of that. External rotation, hip extension, opening the front line of the body. And so even if we don't have empirical evidence to say emotions live in certain parts of our body and can be released, by certain poses, even if we don't 100% know that to be true. What we can say is that when people feel a certain way, their body can, their body oftentimes, their body language oftentimes illustrates that, matches that. If you've never watched Amy Cuddy's talk, Amy Cuddy's a professor at Harvard on YouTube, it's one of the most watched TED Talks ever. And I forget the exact title, but it has to do with a study she did about body shapes. And I don't mean that in the perspective of whether you're thin or pear-shaped or whatever. If you, if you stand up and hold your arms out and take a postural position that conveys power versus if you do something else, like sit with your legs crossed, cowering, she studied the impact of that on, I believe it was hormone release because I think she measured testosterone with swabs. Anyway, gotta watch that TED talk. So even if we don't know that there's that direct correlation, what we can begin to appreciate is that if we can take someone who's feeling these uncomfortable feelings 
and acknowledge that they have a certain postural position and put them in a position that's a different kind of position that's more the opposite of those movements, we give them an opportunity just on the physical level to experience something different. And then if we overlay on top of that questions, what we as yoga teachers call cues that are inquiry questions, discovery questions, where we say to the student, notice how you feel in this position. Notice how you feel in this posture. Notice what's coming up for you. Do you notice anything about your hips here? If we're just kind of asking the questions like a coach, like a guide, they have agency over their experience and we are encouraging them to increase their awareness, to shift their awareness to how they're feeling. And in that shift of awareness, lies an opportunity to process emotions. And with that processing of emotions, if I were to measure certain levels of hormones, for instance, like let's take cortisol, which is a known stress hormone. Would I see cortisol decrease just simply by using different yoga postures, using discovery questions, using this idea of moving the body in opposite ways from postural positions that are normally held by people who are feeling certain uncomfortable feelings. Would I notice the empirical data would follow that would support that there are changes on the biological level that support the processing of feelings? I don't know, it would be an interesting study. Now, does that mean that person is releasing that emotion? It depends on the person. Is it a demonstrable link that we can say that pose caused that release of stress or pain in the hips or the pain of the trauma of the trauma you experience in your hips? I don't know. That seems a little thin to me. I think though, if we back up, if we go backwards and we simply look at it from the perspective of we're using movement, we're using this concept of moving people in different directions, moving their joints in different directions from posturally how they hold their joints. I mean, even think about elderly people, older folks who are constantly in the same posture, giving them an opportunity to be in a different posture, standing, not sitting, opening the front line of the body, not hunching, taking the hips into extension, not flexion, taking the shoulders into external rotation, not internal rotation. Just those anatomical movements alone would have, I would expect positive physical effects on the person and with it even concurrent positive effects on their emotional state, especially if you as a yoga teacher were coaching them to shift their awareness to how they're feeling and what they notice. So this gives us as yoga teachers an incredibly powerful template that we can use not only right now in a time of extreme grief and sadness, in a time of loss that is unfucking imaginable 
think about we as teachers can give people a safe space to process their feelings, not to resolve them. We're not therapists, but to process them, to recognize them. I know, you know, feelings unresolved become problems in our physical body, in our mind, in our mental body. And so processing is part of good health, even if it is so deeply painful. And so that is the topic I wanted to share with you, especially if you, like me, in these initial days after this school shooting, felt completely unable to focus on anything related to teaching yoga, which again was why I canceled everything because I just was like, what's the point? There's no point in doing this. And it feels completely disingenuous and completely inappropriate to have anybody spending any of their energy on anything that's not just, you know, sort of staying up to date with what's gone on. So here we have a possible recipe for us as teachers to do what we love and to be of service, not in a way that feels disingenuous. I mean, let's face it right now, I'm not teaching classes. I mean, I'm literally not teaching classes because I don't have any classes until next week that I'll be scheduling the virtual ones. If I were teaching a class today, I certainly wouldn't be jumping up and down with, high, with a high level of enthusiasm. I just think that would be inappropriate and disingenuous. So there's that line between as teachers, we wanna be neutral, but we're human beings. And so we need to acknowledge that on some level. And so what I hope this conversation has done is it gives you ideas for how you can channel your unique and authentic way of sharing yoga with your students, with people you know, people you love. Maybe you're someone who's not teaching regularly, you wanna teach more. Maybe you're someone who's not teaching at all and this is an opportunity for you to begin teaching. This recipe, this template that I shared gives you some ideas. Maybe you know people who are not so much directly affected by what happened in Texas, but who have been past victims of gun violence. And this is very traumatizing for them. So whatever, whatever this is for you, I hope there is some value in it for you. And of course, as always, I would love to know what you think. So please send me an email or a DM and let me know. So the last thing I want to do, as I promised in the beginning, is I want to speak to what the plan is going forward for the workshop schedule that I had planned for May that I canceled mid-schedule. And the reason I referred to earlier in the show here, the episode here today, about have me having thoughts about the bigger picture of my business, this bare bones yoga entity, my passion for sharing with you, not only anatomy as a subject, but how you channel that knowledge 
into skill and being of service as a yoga teacher in a way that allows you to feel confident and powerful and in a way that allows you to impact your students beyond your wildest dreams. That is the goal and my mission. However, to be quite honest, I haven't felt of late that I've been hitting the nail on the head in regards to that mission. I've felt as if I'm missing the mark. And the way that I feel like I'm missing the mark is there's the data, right? There's the, the monthly workshops I do and how many people enroll in my program after. There are the conversations I have with teachers and whether they're ready to move forward in the way I just described. There are the regular contact I have with teachers who are by their own admission, looking for information, wanting to make a positive change, wanting to move forward as a teacher, yet with every opportunity offered are unable to move forward. And so I can see that as a mentor, as a coach of yoga teachers, when oftentimes teachers can't see that because they're in it, they're mired in where they are. And so that, and that's something that I've experienced when I've looked to a mentor for growth. I've not oftentimes been able to see where my growth can be. And it really took a leap of faith in that mentor to allow me to move forward. And so what that whole situation has turned into is me feeling like I'm not being of service in a way that I want to be of service. It's never about me. It's always about the teacher. However, what I get out of it is the joy in sharing with the teacher in the mentoring dynamic and seeing that teacher grow. And so when I don't have opportunities to do that, it's like the flower is just wilting. And that's something that in some strange way in this week of just processing what's been happening in Texas, taking a pause in, in my business, out of respect for what's happened. I've also had a couple of days to think about what do I wanna do going forward so that I can bring that flower to life again and be of service to more teachers. And so here's what's gonna happen. Number one, if you're here listening to my podcast, going forward, this is going to be pretty much the only free channel of information that I share with you. Yes, I will still do videos on Instagram. Yes, I will still do free videos on TikTok. However, I'm not going to do free workshops anymore because I feel like all the free workshops do for you all is they give you a chance to just get free information and just stay in that free information zone. And while I love the free workshop idea, I think what it does for many teachers is it just keeps them in that first level mode where they're just gathering information, gathering information, gathering information, and they don't move forward. And I know that in the moving forward is the magic, is the transformation. And so if I keep providing free information, free information, free information, 
I'm never really encouraging you to take a step forward in your own transformation. And that's where I know that the magic for you will appear, even if you don't know it. And so in a way, what I want to do is encourage you to take those next steps. And the best way to do that is to start to call back on all these different places where I'm sharing all this free information. Because at some point, friends, you know, you can stay in the zone of just Googling for information about anything you want to learn in your life, but it's never going to teach you anything at the same level of high quality if you invest in a program and learn it in an organized, structured way. So just continuing to do all this free content is just not going to be something that I offer anymore. So if you're listening here to the podcast, this is going to be the main way that I share information and it will be anatomically based. It will be teacher development based. It'll be teaching topics based. So you'll get a lot of, a lot of free, good content. And if you want the video free content, go to my TikTok, go to my Instagram. That's where that's going to be. The other thing that I will continue to offer are my free weekly classes. So this will be a great chance for us to get together, practice yoga, talk about queuing. So that will continue. And those are classes that are free. It's a chance for you to get on the yoga mat, to move, to hear cues. And absolutely after class, if you have a question, hang around and ask. So you know, it's not a workshop. However, it's a class and you're, you're still going to get, I believe, a lot of value out of that. The other thing is all of the emails. I love sending emails. I love my VIP mailing list. I love sending out emails and encouraging people to listen to the show, to enroll in my program, to come to my free workshops and all that. However, I look at the open rate and it's just so low and I know you're busy. And so I'm sort of like, why am I continuing to send out emails? It just doesn't seem to be a match for the way people want information these days. So I'm no longer going to send out emails with the exception of one a week. Now I'll probably every once in a while send out more than one a week. It's just that that whole mode, if you've been on my VIP mailing list for a while, that whole mode of regular emailing of ideas and content and all of that, that's all going away. So what that basically means is if you are motivated to learn and grow as a yoga teacher, you know that I'm here. You know the podcast is here. You know the weekly classes are happening you know the weekly classes are always on my website. You know that once a week, I will always do a podcast episode. You know that I'm always active on TikTok and Instagram. So you can find me. And I'll always be sharing through those channels. And then the last thing is, I will always have my signature program, the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program available. There are a lot of strategies that are out there to encourage people to enroll in programs. And I've tried a number of them. And I have a number of teachers who 
are in my program, who have graduated from my program, who love my program, who've written amazing testimonials, who've done amazing testimonial videos about my program. In fact, shout out to Fran who just enrolled today. So that is my signature offer. However, I have yet to reach as many yoga teachers as I want to reach with that program. And you may be one of the teachers who has told me in the past six months, Karen, I really want to enroll, but I'm just not ready. Or Karen, I just don't have the money. Or Karen, I really want to do it, but I'm going to do it in September or whatever it is. And so all of those things, when I hear them, just make me so bummed because I know that if you have faith in yourself, the sky is the limit for you as a teacher, but you have to know that. And you always have control over when you take your credit card out and when you don't to invest in something. And so what I've decided to do is starting in June, I am going to offer a membership program. And within the membership program, for as long as you choose to be a member, you will get access to a monthly workshop. You will get access to my Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program. And you'll pay for that access as a member. That will be a monthly fee, just like belonging to a gym. You're a member of a gym. You're a member of the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program membership. And if you decide to be a member for a month or two months or three months or six months, you'll be paying a monthly fee. If you know right out of the gate, you don't want to be a member. You want a lifetime access to the program, to me, to the course, which is constantly updated and all of it, you can just buy it outright like Fran did today, like other teachers have done. It's just that I'm going to add a membership option to allow you to have still an opportunity to access premium learning and growing opportunities. It's just that you're going to invest in that rather than having all of that continue to be provided free. So that's the epiphany that I had in the past 48 hours. That's what I'm spending the next week and a half or so pulling together the details of. And that's what you'll hear more about in June. So for the workshops that were supposed to happen, that got canceled, they will happen going forward in the membership world. And so I will, in early June, be giving you information about how you can be a member and you can decide how long you wanna be a member. Or maybe you can just decide, you know what, I'm just gonna invest in lifelong access to the program. So that's the plan. You'll always have the podcast. You'll always have the classes as free. My two social medias, I'm no longer going to do YouTube videos. I'm no longer going to send out a whole bunch of emails regularly. I mean, who really wants email? Nobody. 
Um, I'm not even really going to promote any of my free downloads. Just all that stuff is just, I feel like it's just excess and no one really, there's just not a tremendous amount of value there. I feel like there's value, but I just feel like there's just too many things that I'm offering that are in this free content world. And at some point it's like, you know, oh my God, it's just so much. My ultimate goal is to help you get wherever you want to go as a yoga teacher. And I know the simpler I can make that path, the easier it will be for you to walk that path. And so that's what all of this is designed to do. So that's it for today. I wish you all the best of everything. I wish you to be safe, to be loved, to be held, to be comforted, to feel safe, to feel validated, to have your family members feel safe. I wish you a level of control over your personal well-being, the well-being of those around you that, that allows you to feel like you have agency over not only your well-being, but the well-being of those around you. I pray for our country that we will find a way forward that keeps every one of us that lives here in the United States safe. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a listener to this podcast and for being a part of my community. I welcome all comments, all feedback. So as always, send me an email or send me a DM on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, namaste. Hi there. Well, you made it to the end of the episode and now you're listening to the outro, which is amazing. Thank you so much for staying all the way until the end. So I want to just let you know that I just the other day put on my website on the events page, a really cool and short, it's like 20 minutes recorded workshop that I've done. And it covers how the topic of how to provide effective cues. And this is something that I get asked about all the time. So I wanted to do a special recorded webinar workshop that you could listen to, you can watch because it is uh, an actual visual workshop as if you were there with me in the studio, uh, or you could just listen to it. I think it's going to be better if you actually watch it. So how you get to this is super easy. You just go to my website, which is barebonesyoga.com. And on the events page, you're going to see the schedule for the events I'm holding on any particular month. And right on that page, you'll see a link to watch the automated webinar. And I like to call them workshops because in the teacher world, yoga teacher world, that's what we call these deep dives we do into different topics. And this one is no different. So just hop over there, barebonesyoga.com, go to the events page. You can watch this uh, webinar that I recently recorded. Here we are in the middle of 2022, and it's got some really cool ideas and strategies that you can use to really build your confidence in your queuing. So once you watch that, if you have any questions, of course, just reach out to me and let me know. And I'm happy to hop on a call with you and answer whatever questions you might have. Namaste.